I see people watching from all over the world. I guess in Australia, it's not Sunday night. Uh, thank you for joining us. I see we even have Buff Buff from Ontario, Canada, home of the Rebel Truckers. Uh, listen, it's great seeing everybody online. Uh, many uh, from the Dallas area, Tennessee, Mississippi, California, Atlanta, all over the place. This is just great. I love watching how everybody, people joining from all over Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Florida, Michigan, Minnesota, Maryland. Wow, this just this is this is so cool. Um, I've seen everybody. Listen, uh, we're gonna have a good time tonight. Well, it's gonna be kind of a scary time. We're gonna be looking at this subject. You ready for this? Here's the title: The End of the Good Life. Um, how's that gonna go? Well, this is where we are. We're in the book of Hosea. We've been going through the minor prophets. Remember. They're minor in the length of their messages, uh, but they're major in the things that they say. So we're looking tonight, it's the end of the good life. That's what Hosea is saying to ancient Israel and the parallels of where we are today in our world. I used to just say when I would teach these things uh, where we are in America, but now it's the whole world. And as we look at everything and uh, we better get ready to, to hold on, but that's what you guys are doing You've joined me. You like going through the Bible. You want to know what the Bible has to say. You understand and you want to know more about Bible prophecy. Listen, I thank you guys for joining us. But before we get going, just a couple of uh, notes I want to put out. I will be in Minnesota on uh, in Minneapolis this Thursday, February 10th. I'm going to be with Jam Markell and Mark Henry at Revive Minnesota. So that's going to be uh, Thursday evening. February 10th, you can get information on my website, hopeforourtimes.com. Go there to events. You'll find the info there. Again, that's myself along with Jan Markell and Mark Henry. And then tomorrow, live at 2 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. So set your clocks wherever you are in the world. I'm going to be live with Pete Garcia. Uh, last time I had Pete Garcia on here, it was huge. And uh, tomorrow's going to be incredible. I already know the things that he wants to talk about. It's going to be a great time. And uh, if you could join us live, please do and get ready for your questions. Also, I'll be taking questions when I'm done here in just a little bit. It's good to be back here live with you all. I know I had a couple of Sundays there where Don Perkins filled in for me with a message, and then I had to pre-record one also. Uh, but it's great being back in here, and um, I'm excited. So let's get going, all right? Let's connect some dots. So let's think of this as we look at the subject with Hosea, the end of the good life. So uh, pretty much everybody has heard about this. In uh, uh, Canada, we had the GoFundMe. Uh, this says GoFundMe relents after backlash will refund all donors to Canadian Trucker Fund. Certainly, if you, if you haven't heard about this, this is what happened. We have the massive truck convoy in Canada. Apparently, it's caused a whole lot of problems. Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau uh, fled the building and, uh, you know, whatever. You know, I hear all these different reports. How can you say mean things about Trudeau? That's not really what happened. Blah, 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 blah. So whatever. Hey, listen, here's the reality of it. That, that GoFundMe intended, they said, we're going to take the money that the people donated. If you donated, they said, we're going to take the money that you donated to that cause and we're going to send it elsewhere. That's robbery. That's thievery. That is, I, I can't believe it. I'm, I'm, I mean, we live in a wicked time. 
Uh, but apparently GoFundMe is catching too much heat. So they're saying, well, we'll refund the money. This is awful. Why would you do that? You're shutting them down. You support Black Lives Matter. You support Antifa and all this other garbage that's out there. And, and then with this, when people are saying, hey, this is wrong that you're requiring these things. Terrible. Absolutely terrible uh, what they're doing. I'm, I'm done with GoFundMe. You know, I see people do them all the time. Hey, go somewhere else. There's a lot of other organizations that you can use if you need funds for something. I recommend you go there. Uh, just, you know, just fed up with all the censorship that, 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 that these people do. Just unbelievable. Totally wicked. Then there's this to show us where we are. Russia mocks the U.S. false flag video accusation as delusional. So the Biden administration goes public and says there's going to be a false flag attack by Russia trying to draw us into war. I look at this stuff as delusional also. This is just absolute nonsense. My personal opinion, maybe we'll get to this in the Q&A when we're done here, is that my personal opinion is that the U.S. military-industrial complex, I think they want war. I think they want war against Russia. I don't think they care about what happens in Ukraine. Um, I think they want war with China. I think the military-industrial complex, that's what they want. And uh, I've got my opinions on why. But you look at what is happening. This is maddening, but it certainly fits with the rider on the red horse, doesn't it? From Revelation chapter 6, the war horse certainly fits. Everything's going that way, and it is intentional, by the way, when you get to the red horse. So... I mean, I can look biblically and say, well, this stuff kind of matches that these people want war. They don't want peace. They want war. Then we have this. Iran, China, Russia cement anti-U.S. axis against democracy. Of course they do. The weakest administration in the history of the planet. We, right here in America right now. Well, of course they do. They say, hey, this is our opportunity to strike, to have the upper hand against the United States and to to uh, start to bring about the world the way that we want it. It's not going to go that direction. But, the, but we know how, the, how these, these uh, relationships are going to work. We know Iran and Russia are going to attack Israel along with Turkey. If we have time, we'll get into that. We know that. Ezekiel 38 tells us that. Uh, we know that the, the kings are going to be coming. The ten kings are going to be rising out of the Western world, uh, probably, I believe, globally overseeing the planet. But the Antichrist is going to rise up specifically out of a revived Roman Empire as we have that global movement. So as you look at it now, Iran, China, and Russia cement anti-U.S. axis against democracy. Listen, that... Uh, goes against the United States because the United States is so weak and the United States has been keeping a hold on things. But at the same time, they're also they're, they're not going to play with the globalists. They're not going to go along with the global plan of, of Europe. They're going to do it. Listen, I get a lot of emails lately, people saying, well, China's, uh, they're going to be part of the global system. No, they are not. You know, I've talked about this many times. That ain't going to happen. And uh, let's move on from there. Look at this. U.S. is perceived as weak in the region. Uh, this would be the Mideast. CBN Middle East Bureau Chief Chris Mitchell tells All Israel News as U.S. waves sanctions against Iran. Uh, yeah, no kidding, weak in the region. This is the most pathetic, inept administration that we could ever even imagine. The, the military is woke. The administration is woke. The universities in America are woke. You look at these things and you go, this is just absurd. I did a video a couple of weeks ago. I'm sure many of you saw it about the comparisons with the Russian military and the Chinese military, their recruiting ads, and then the U.S. military recruiting ad. 
Listen, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's 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 disturbing. I think I called it this is alarming, but yeah, the US is weak. And uh these other nations over the Middle East are taking matters into their own hands. So much so check out this next one. Israel, Gulf states in discussion for air defense systems, right? They're saying, hey, the US is not our is not gonna help us in this matter. It's gonna get worse. I'm gonna show you some more things later on. Uh, but but you look at this. The, Israel has the Iron Dome that they've developed and it's been successful. The Gulf states are saying, you know what, Israel? We need your help because Iran is really bad and we have huge problems with Iran right now. We could use your help. Not only are the Gulf states talking to Israel about this, guess what? Even in Ukraine, they've even talked to Israel about it. I, I reported that on his channel, hischannel.com TV, uh, last Thursday. Uh, with my with my guests on there, you look at this and you think, man. Uh, so looking at the Iron Dome, they're going, yeah, the U.S. isn't going to help. Ukraine is going. What is the U.S.? Everybody's going. What is the United States of America going to do? Then there's this going along with this with the Mid East area. Gantz's Bahrain visit signals uh, to Iran the alliance against it is growing in public. So we have this movement. You have Iran. Uh, and then uh, attacking everybody, as I mentioned, we'll get into that a little bit if we've got time, um, or in, uh, intending to attack, but actually are attacking through their, through their proxy wars that they're doing. Um, but here it is, Bahrain visits signals to Iran that the alliance against it is growing. We're going we're gonna to stand up against you, and we're going to partner with Israel. Inter isn't it interesting, partnering with Israel? Kind of makes you wonder if this is going to lead into that Daniel chapter 9 covenant why else would these nations that never wanted anything to do with Israel in the past suddenly are wanting to do things with Israel and partner with Israel? Uh, it's because Iran, because of the monster that's out there that's threatening to take them all out. Could that be the catalyst that God is using to drive these nations together into an agreement with Israel that will eventually lead to the building of the temple in Jerusalem? Fascinating days that we live in. Then there's this. Erdogan says Turkey uh, everyone says Turkey, Israel can join, uh, can jointly, excuse me, bring gas to Europe. Even, even Turkey's going, hey, Israel, let's be friends. Here's the reality of it. Turkey is in an economic catastrophe. They're just absolutely collapsing right now. That's what's going on there with Turkey. They're collapsing. They know that Israel's about ready to sell their gas to Europe. That's a problem for Russia. It's a bigger problem for Turkey. What does Ezekiel chapter 38 teach? That Russia, Turkey, and Iran are going to be coming against Israel for the goods that Israel has. This is remarkable when you look at this, this last article. Erdogan, this is the president of Turkey, Erdogan says, Turkey, Israel can jointly bring gas to Europe. They're saying, let's be buddies. Listen, I guarantee you, if that were to ever happen, which <laughs> I don't see it ever happening, what a nightmare. Uh, Turkey would stab Israel in the back. But, um, I mean, you, you, you can't make this stuff up in the words of Don Stewart. This is amazing. It's just truly amazing to watch this take place. Okay, then look at this article. This is the last one for right now. Then we're going to get going. 12 countries roll back COVID restriction, uh, restrictions. Israel scraps the Green Pass. <coughs> this is remarkable. Sweden, Switzerland, joined Denmark, Norway, Finland, Ireland, the Netherlands, Italy, Lithuania, of France and the UK in announcing they will lift COVID restrictions and open up their countries. And also Israel is saying we're not going to uh, press forward with the Green Pass. I haven't heard that yet from my Israeli friends, 
Um, I've heard little reports and I've read things like this, but it's fascinating to watch. I did a, a message last week. I said, listen, this narrative is changing. They're going somewhere else. George Soros is up to something. These globalists are up to something. I think they're losing the argument is what's going on. They know they've run this particular one uh, as far as they can. As many people have bought into it, have bought into it, right? Okay, now what are they going to do? They're going to move on to something else. I, I suspect, this is me personally, we can expect war. We can expect economic catastrophe. We can expect something. I expect a little bit of tranquility for a while. Uh, a while could be a week. A while could be six months. A little bit of tranquility for a while, but something's coming. Uh, because these globalists have got us, gotten this world so far down that path they're not about to just go, well, let's just, well, we're, we're good now. Let's just give up. Let's all go back to normal, back to what it was in 2018 and 2019. We ain't going back there. And these globalists are not going to let that go back. They've gotten us this far. They got to keep us here. Now they got to get us some more of the distance. It's going to be interesting to see as things unfold. Okay, let's get going. I've been talking a lot. I hardly have any time left already. I'm almost done. This is amazing. Okay, Hosea. Chapter 8, picking up where we left off last time. Verses 2, 2 and 3 of Hosea. Remember who Hosea was? He's the prophet to the northern kingdom. He's told to marry this woman who's a prostitute. He has kids by her and so forth. But God was showing Israel, I love you. I've cared for you. You've treated me. Uh, you, you've prostituted yourself against me. But I still love you. And then it's even a story about wooing Israel back as he uses this real-life marriage of Hosea to do that. But in that, let's get back to it. In Hosea chapter 8, verse 2, Israel will cry to me, My God, we know you. Israel has rejected the good. The enemy will pursue him. So we, that's where we left off. We we're talking about Israel saying, God, we know you. And God says, you never knew me. In chapter 7, God says, you, you dealt treacherously with me. That's what God is saying here. You say you know me, but you do not really know me. Uh, you know about me. You don't really care anything about me. Well, we believe in God, uh, you say. You say, well, you must be born again. Don't bring me that nonsense. I believe in God. I'm going to heaven. I don't want to hear about this, this nutty stuff about being born again. Well, Jesus said it in John chapter 3. I don't, that's, that's a stupid thing. I know God. I don't need to be born again. And they ridicule you. For your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and what the Bible says. This is what God's talking about here. These people say they know God, but they don't really know him. 2 Timothy 3, a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Listen, before we go on any further, I'm reminded of the words of David Jeremiah who said this. My study of prophecy convinces me that God intends knowledge of future events to help us occupy with a sense of urgency until the Lord returns. I love that. That's a great quote. Occupy with a sense of urgency until the Lord returns. There's so much that pushes against us. And, and, and people push against us. Events push against us. Different things. But nevertheless, it's the understanding of Bible prophecy, a book like Hosea and the other prophetic books, and connecting them with today. Um, they give us that sense, okay, Jesus is coming. We understand that I can be strong in the Lord. I can occupy with a sense of urgency. How much longer? I do not know, but Jesus is coming. Okay, first thing I want to note here, number one is what was satisfying to Israel. Look at this. Uh, ready? Chapter 8, let's pick up in verse 4. They set up kings, but not by me. This is interesting. 
They made princes, but I did not acknowledge them. From their silver and gold, they made idols for themselves, that they may be cut off. Your calf is rejected, O Samaria. You're thinking, what is this? I don't talk like this today. What's this? This is kind of weird. It's going to make sense in a minute. Hang in there. My anger is aroused against them. How long until they attain to innocence? For from Israel is even this. A workman made it, verse 6, and it is not God. But the calf of Samaria shall be broken to pieces. They sow to the wind, they reap the whirlwind. The stock has no bud. It shall never produce meal. If it should produce, aliens would swallow it up. Israel is swallowed up. Now they are among the Gentiles like a vessel in which there is no pleasure, for they have gone up to Assyria like a wild donkey, alone by itself. Ephraim has hired lovers. Let me stop here, and let's see if we can figure out uh, what is going on. So the first thing I want to point out is, what's this? It's the corrupt politics. Look at this, the corrupt politics. We find that in verse 4. Here it is. They set up kings, but not by me. They made princes, but I did not acknowledge them. From their silver and gold, they made idols for themselves, that they might be cut off. Your calf is rejected, O Samaria. Look at this. They, they set up kings, but not by me. Princes, but, but I didn't acknowledge them. I didn't appoint them. In other words, they were looking for their political leader, and they weren't seeking God. God, we want the person you want. We want the king that you want. That was a problem with Israel's history. You want to know something? That's the problem with the history in America right now. That's the problem with the world right now. We are not looking for that person that God wants to appoint. In fact, we're not even looking for God to, to rule and to reign and to have this way. So they're looking for their politician. I've warned about this over and over and over again. People on both sides of the aisle, the right and the left, they want their politician. That's all they care about. Give me the politician that will give me the stuff I want, the victory I want, the, 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 the success here I want, the success here uh, there I want, and shut those people down. They're looking for a political leader. They're not looking for the Lord. That's the exact problem in Hosea chapter 8, verse 4. These aren't the people I appointed. These aren't the people I wanted. You just wanted your political leader that would do your political things. That, my friends, is where we are today. It was corrupt politics, and it was also, look at this, corrupt religion. Look at this again in verse 5. Your calf stinks. What is that about? Your calf stinks. Guys, it, it, this, is, um, this is, in other words, your fake religion. In other words, your calf sacrifices. It's fake religion. I hate it. It's all a stench to me. Think of this. Let me, let me turn over here. Uh, okay, just bear with me a second. Revelation chapter 3. This is, think of this, Church of Laodicea. Your calf stinks. Same, same, same concept here. And to the angel of the church of Laodiceans write, These things says the amen, the faithful, the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works that you are neither hot nor cold, or cold nor hot. I, I could wish that you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich, have become wealthy, and have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Wow! 
I have, this is it. This is Hosea chapter 8. Uh, God, they say, we know you, God. We love you, God. You're wonderful, God. Look at all the great things we do for you, God. God says, your calf stinks. It smells. It's horrible. I hate your fake religion. Laodicea, Revelation chapter 3, that last day's church. Your calf stinks. I want to vomit you out of my mouth. You say, we're good with God. We got everything. You don't realize you're naked, miserable, poor, wretched. I don't want anything to, no, I don't want anything to do with you. This is horrible. Fascinating. When you look at that in Hosea, you look at Revelation chapter 3, Hosea to Israel in the past, Revelation chapter 3 to the last day's church. This is Israel and their, their worship at the temple in the day that God says you're going to be judged. Laodicea, the last day's church. Man. And then he says here, um, you misled the willing, you, you misled them. The people were willing, or, or, or this is the thought behind it. Uh, they were willing to be misled by their leaders. Let me read to you how this came about, right? It was back at the time of Jeroboam the first, and it's from 1 Kings chapter, chapter 12, I think. Yeah, 1 Kings chapter 12 is Jeroboam the first. And I got to mark my page here. Hold on a second. I got to talk with my hands, even on a camera. So in 1 Kings chapter 12, uh, the kingdom of Israel had split. Um, the 10 kingdoms went to the north under Jeroboam the first. And this is what Hosea is dealing with here. And this is what 1 Kings tells us about that time when Jeroboam went up north and he built these two temples, one at Dan, one at Bethel. This is what Jeroboam said, the king. Therefore, the king asked advice. He made two calves of gold and said to the people, get this. It is too much for you, look at this, to go up to Jerusalem. Here are your gods, O Israel, which brought you up from the land of Egypt. And he set up one temple with the calf in Bethel and the other in Dan. Now this thing came, became a sin for the people, and they went to worship before the one as far as Dan. He made shrines on the high places and made priests from every class of people who were not of the sons of Levi, Jeroboam ordained a feast on the 15th day of the eighth month, like the feast that was in Judah and offered sacrifices on the altar. So he did at Bethel, sacrificing to the calves that he had made. And at Bethel, he installed the priests of the high places, which he had made. So he made offerings on the altar, which he had made at Bethel on the 15th day of the eighth month in the month, which he had devised in his own heart. And he ordained a feast for the children of Israel and offered sacrifices on the altar and burned incense. And look at that. There it is. So Jeroboam says, hey, let's take calves. Let's make a temple in Bethel. Let's make a temple up in Dan. In fact, check out this picture. This right here is a picture, I have seen this so many times, of the temple in Dan that we are reading about in Hosea and that I just read about where Jeroboam said, I want to build. That's it. You are looking at that. Listen, if you get a chance to go to Israel, if the door opens up and it looks like it might be opening up, I'm already thinking we might be doing a trip to Israel. Could just happen. If the door opens up and I don't got to get the boop, 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 you know, the snake bite, I'm, I'm, I'll take a tour there. It's going to be fantastic. But you look at that picture. That's the temple. You go there and visit it. 
that we're talking about here, where God says, your calf stinks. It is filthy. So you sow to the wind, you'll reap the whirlwind. Did you see that? You sow to the wind, you're going to reap the whirlwind, verse 7. What is that all about? Listen, you, 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 you go down the wrong path, and the people were willing to. That's the other thing is, the people were willing to go along with Jeroboam, willing to offer this sacrifice up at Dan, uh, willing to say, well, we know God. When they didn't know God, the religion was filthy, the religion stunk. They were on the people like the prophets Hosea and the other prophets. They hated them, hated them. Don't tell us these messages. Don't give us that truth. So did the wind. You're going to reap the whirlwind. Listen to this. Damon Duck wrote in his, in his news article. I'll post it tomorrow. It is not unusual to hear someone say they do not think President Biden is running things in the U.S. On January 21, I don't know how I missed this, but I did. On January 21, Biden's press secretary, Jen Psaki, was on The View, that fine program. Uh, and, and Joy Bear said, a little bird told me that you said you might be retiring, resigning the job this year. Say it isn't so. I mean, the patheticness that, I mean, these, these people, just Jen Psaki, horrible, per, horrible stuff. I mean, gosh, she's terrible at what she does. Can't ever give an answer. Can't tell the truth. But nevertheless, so Joy Bear, you're not going to, you're not going to retire, are you? Say it isn't so. Saki replied, listen to this. I don't know when I'm leaving. This is an honor and a privilege. And I love working for President Obama slash Biden. Obama Biden. What is that? I don't know how I missed that one. A lot of you probably caught that. How did I miss that? That she actually said that. And from what I understand, it wasn't a slip of the tongue. You sow to the wind, you're going to reap the world. And we've reaped in this world and in America what we've, what we've done. We've, we've turned from God. Listen, it gets even weirder. So Iran is not paying their UN dues, right? They're all behind, so they're not able to vote. Well, check this out. On January 23, the Biden administration just got $18 million of blocked funds to Iran and they gave them to Iran so Iran can pay its dues in the UN and start voting again. You think this is absolute nonsense. $18 billion of blocked funds, let's give it to Iran so they can start voting again. I'd like absurd. But this is the world that we live in. We have sowed to the wind the evil and we are reaping the whirlwind. You think your, re your religious stuff is good with me, God is saying? No. Here's the problem. You turn from me, and now you are experiencing all of the political problems. You're experiencing all of the threat of another nation attacking you. This is where we are right now. It's not because the politicians. It's because of the priests and the prophets and the pastors. Turning from the Lord, the priests and the prophets in the, in the Old Testament. The pastors today, turning from the Lord, turning, turning the nation, turning the world from the truth. N never speak up on abortion, never speak up on righteousness, never speak up on truth. The stock has no bud, Hosea said. It will never produce a meal. Listen, this is what we have produced. You want to know what it is? It is, you ready for this? It is wickedness disguised as wokeness. That's what we have. Wickedness 
disguised as wokeness. Isn't that just fantastic? Check out this article. In, in the church, by the way, wickedness disguised as, as wokeness. In the church. And pastors just patting themselves on the back. This is the way we need to be. You've gotten away from truth. What on earth makes us think it's going to go well for us when we've gone so far from God and his word and we rejected the truth of his word? Check out this article. Wokeism could provoke a global anti-American backlash. Yeah, you read this article. Great article, by the way. Read, you read it. Um, there's many countries that are saying, we don't want your, your American wokeism. Even in Europe, they're saying, we're tired of it. You guys have lost your minds. You call girls boys and boys girls. It started to infiltrate some of these countries. They're saying, this is insane. China says we're insane. Uh, Russia says we're insane. European countries are saying we're insane. Countries are looking at Australians are even saying that we're insane. You look at this, you have, this is because we have wicked leaders and we have pastors that are woke. That's why we have the problems that we have in this world. I'm convinced that if pastors have been preaching the truth of God's word, instead of getting away from it, a long time ago, when the surveys came out, what do you want in a church? And people would say, well, we don't really want the Bible. We just want nice stories. Well, that's the kind of pastors we ended up having for the last 50 years. And they laid the groundwork. People, pastors got away from teaching the truth of God's word. Uh, they won't teach the Old Testament. They won't teach anything truthful about Israel uh, or the Jew. They won't teach anything about the second coming of Christ. They say those passages are irrelevant. Shut those things up. We don't want to hear about those. And we've gotten way far away from the truth of God's word. And this is why we are where we are. But look at this, verse 10. God says this. He says, yes. Well, let me, let me back up here. Back to verse 7 again. They sow the wind and they reap the whirlwind. The stock has no bud. It shall never produce meal. If it should produce, aliens would swallow it up. Not illegally, not, not aliens from the sky, like UFOs, you know, that kind of stuff. But aliens, you know, people from a foreign land are going to, if it starts to produce, they're going to come in and take your stuff. Well, isn't that rather a coincidence? I seem to see things like that happening now. Huh. Israel is swallowed up. Again, this all goes back. The reason for all of this is the spiritual lack of spiritual truth. We know God, we're spiritual when they did not. That's why. Israel is swallowed up. Now they are among the Gentiles like a vessel, vessel which, has no, uh, which is no pleasure. For they have gone up to Assyria like a wild donkey alone by itself. Ephraim has hired lovers. You think you're going to go to Assyria and find, find the covering that you need? Assyria is the one that's going to destroy you, you, you idiots. You're spiritual morons. Yes, though they have hired among the nations, now I will gather them. And they, will, they shall uh, sorrow a little because of the burden of the king of princes. Listen, this is a whole lot of bad news. So I'm going to stop with some good news right here for a minute. Because notice this again. Yea, yes, though they have hired among the nations, now I will gather them. And they shall sorrow a little because of the burden of the king of princes. Just right in here, God, God's letting us know, I will gather them. They've gone to the nations. They've looked to the nations. They're going to have sorrow, but I will gather them back. Listen, this has happened a couple of times in Israel's history. Uh, you have it here with Assyria and also Babylon, that destruction, as Judah and 
the, the, the nations of the northern kingdom were, were dispersed. They were taken away. Um, and then gathered back again into the land. It then happened again at the time of the Romans when they were back, gathered back again into the land. But ultimately, there's going to be a gathering again. Uh, since the, excuse me, the, 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 the final ultimate one, excuse me, let me go back. The Romans came and dispersed the Jews, 70 AD, and then 135 under Hadrian. And then that gathering started again. You go back to the 1800s, and you have the Zionist movement, you have Theodore Herzl and so forth. And listen, people get on me, they say, you're a Christian Zionist. Yes, so what? I believe that Zion belongs to the Lord. And the Lord has made a covenant with Abraham, the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and his descendants forever for the Jews for the land. That's what the Bible says. I actually believe that the Bible's true. I mean, wow. I'm guessing many of you do too also. That's why you watch this. And I look at this and I go, well, of course. And God says he's going to gather them back into the land in the last days. And, and listen, I had this article that was sent to me recently. I already knew about it. I, I had reported it on his channel TV, but I hadn't done any updates here. I did one, a, a short one last week. And uh, the guy's right. He goes, you know, you've got a lot of bad news. It's really good stuff that you got, but a lot of bad news. Why don't you report on some good news and report on this one specifically? Thank you for reminding me that because sometimes there's just so much bad news. But look at this. Israel prepares to receive Jews fleeing Ukraine. Now, many of you have seen this by now because this was out a couple of weeks ago. But Israel's preparing, if needed, 75,000 Jews to receive from Ukraine. Listen, this is what God is doing. He is gathering his people from all over the world. Most of them are gathered back into the land of Israel because of pain and misfortune that has come upon them. Um, so so I, I see this and I think, well, God's. Th this is really cool because we know that we are winding down near the time when everything is coming to an end and the Lord Jesus is going to be uh, calling us home and then he's going to be returning at the end of end of the tribulation period, and Israel is going to cry out Hosanna, fulfilling Matthew chapter 23, where Jesus says, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's happening. But before that, Israel needs to be gathered back into the land. And it has been happening. We have the Zionist movement. You have 1948. Israel's established as a nation again. And through the pain in, in France, through the pain in, in other parts of the world, and the suffering and the anti-Semitism, Jews have been going and gathering back into the land of Israel. And Israel saying, hey, in Ukraine, listen, we're ready. The Jews want to flee Ukraine. They can come onto the land of Israel. We are here with open arms. Uh, listen, it's, it's through pain that God, motiv that God moves his people. We're motivated through difficult things. And he's moving his people as they're suffering in different parts of the world. Okay, let's move on. And it, but it's just fascinating to watch what is happening. If we have enough time, I hope so. I want to revisit this and look at a little bit further at the promise to Israel. But I have a feeling I'm not going to have enough time. But we'll see. Ready? Uh, so number one is what was satisfying to them was corrupt politics and uh, corrupt religion. Um, number two, it's what is strange to them. So we'll get through this as far as we can. I don't have a lot of time left before I'm going to questions. Uh, what was strange to them? Verse 11, because Ephraim has made many altars for sin, they have uh, become for him altars for sinning. I have written for him the great things of my law. 
but they were considered a strange thing. For the sacrifices of my offerings, they sacrifice flesh and eat it, but the Lord does not accept them. Now he will remember their iniquity and punish their sins. They shall return to Egypt. For Israel has forgotten his maker and has built temples. Judah also has multiplied fortified cities, but I will send fire upon his cities and it shall devour his palaces. Uh, God is letting Israel know you loved your sin and you hated me. And the time has come where I'm not going to be patient with you anymore. I am done. Assyria, verse 14, is going to come down. They're going to devour you like a fire. You turn to Assyria for your protection. Guess what? That was a stupid thing to do. They're going to come and they're going to devour you with fire. It's like people, they compromise. They look at their their government, a corrupt government. They go, well, if we just get along with them, then everything's going to be good for us. So we're going to go and we're going to, we're, we're going to get, you know, we're, we're just going to do a big group hug with these people who are bad people, but we want to get along with them, thinking it's going to save them. It ain't going to save them. It's not going to save you. Don't do that. This is what Israel's doing. They're not turning to God. They're turning to the corrupt government of Assyria, and Assyria completely destroyed them. That's the same thing in the world now. The government, the, the, these corrupt and wicked governments are out to destroy the people. We can see the globalist movement. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention this. And I, I want to mention it now. On February 20th, there'll be two weeks from right now, uh, we're going to have, we're going to be live here. We're also going to be live on our web server as long as we can until Jesus comes. Uh, it'll be live on everything else that we can, including Facebook and elsewhere. Here's the deal that we're going to do. We're going to do it the way JD does and the way Brandon does, and we'll go for like however long. I might go five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and then I'm going to come to a point where I'm going to say, listen, everything else I have to say, I can't say on this channel because it's it's, uh, too sensitive for YouTube, too hot for YouTube. You're going to have to go to the web server at that point because I'm going to start saying these things and we needed to set everything up we're finally set up so february 20th is the date that we'll begin that and i'm looking forward to it because right now there's a whole lot of stuff i want to say that will get me zoop, get me cut off here in a second but i mean you look at this and you go okay and then you look at the other problem here okay he says uh, here's the thing that's strange to them god says this is what's strange to me look at this the strange part? Huh. Verse 12. I have written for him the great things of my law. Written for Israel the great things of my law. But they were considered a strange thing. God's word is strange to those who don't want God's word. Uh, listen, over in, in chapter 9, we're not going to be able to get we're not going to be able to get there. I was hoping to get chapter 9. That ain't going to happen. We're going to end here in just a minute. But over in chapter 9, in verse um, seven, we'll see it next time. The prophet is a fool. It says the spiritual man is insane. What is that? It's talking about during the times of judgment, the people are looking at the people who are telling the truth about God's word, the prophetic truth about God's word. Look, judgment's coming. We need to repent. And what do the people say? The prophet is a fool. The spiritual man, the one who's right with God is insane. See, they're all saying we're right with God. That's what they're saying. And God says, you're not. The one who's speaking my truth, telling you the truth, he's the one that's right with me. You guys, no. You, 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 you other guys are lying. 
Um, and, and you're, but if you're telling the truth, you're ridiculed. You, you, you probably have experienced that. So I look at this and I think of this, the, the law of God is a strange thing to the world. Think of this from the words of uh, the prophet Jeremiah. We're almost done here. Prophet Jeremiah says this, check this out. Uh, chapter 23, just a, few, just a few verses I want to share with you. He says this, verse 9. Prophet Jeremiah talking to Judah. So Hosea was talking to the northern tribes of, uh, up in the Dan area and Samaria, that area. Uh, Jeremiah is talking to Judah a uh, hundred plus years after Hosea existed. And he's warning of the same thing that happened to the north is going to happen here in the south in the land of Judah and Jerusalem. And Jeremiah was considered a nut by the priests, by the princes, by the kings. They wanted to get rid of him. You're, you're a crazy man. You're, the prophet is a fool. He's, he's a spiritual nut. Listen, that's what God says they say about us. Listen, this is what Jeremiah wrote. Jeremiah 23, verse 9. My heart within me is broken because of the prophets. All my bones shake. I am like a drunken man and like a man whom wine has overcome. He says, because of all the prophets, the lying prophets, because of the Lord and because of the holy words, for the land is full of adulterers, for because of a curse, the land mourns, the pleasant places of the wilderness are dried up, their course of life is evil, and their might is not right, for both prophet and priest are profane. Wow, yes, in my house I have found their wickedness, says the Lord. I look at that and go, okay, so that's what, what, what Jeremiah is saying. You got prophet and priest who are profane. They're in the house of God saying, we know God. If you guys are talking about judgment, you guys are, are wrong for talking about judgment. Then he goes on and says this, I saw the prophets of Samaria. They were terribly evil. The prophets, for they prophesied by Baal. That's what, that's what is, is happening. You see that when we get to chapter 9. We'll see that next time. They prophesied by Baal and led my people Israel into sin. But now I see that the prophets of Jerusalem are even worse than the prophets of the northern kingdom. Listen to this. They commit adultery. The prophets do. The priests do. They love dishonesty. The religious leaders do. They're crooks. They encourage those who are doing evil instead of turning them away from their sins. Huh. Instead of telling people to repent, they encourage them. That's okay. God's good with it. These prophets are as wicked as the people of Sodom and Gomorrah ever were. For it's because of Jerusalem's prophets that wickedness fills this land. That's what Hosea was saying. That's what's happening today. Because you don't have truth in the pulpits, and, they're turning, and the pastors won't even talk about sin. They won't deal with it. They won't deal with anything like that. And you say, it's okay. That's why we have the problems we have in this world. Continues. Don't listen to these prophets when they prophesy to you, filling you with futile hopes. They are making up everything they say. They do not speak for the Lord. They keep saying these rebels who despise my word. Don't worry. In other words, we're the rebels. Don't listen to those rebels. Listen. They keep saying to these rebels who despise my word, don't worry. Or, excuse me, I got that a little bit backwards. They keep saying to the people who don't like God's word, don't worry. You have nothing to worry about. The Lord says you will have peace. 
So in other words, these false prophets are coming along. It's all going to be good. Just go along with the king. Just go along with the Babylonians. Just go along with the Assyrians. Do a big group hug with the government. It's all going to be good. And yet the Jeremiah's, the Hosea's, the Isaiah's, the Ezekiel's, the Joel's are saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is not good. They're speaking the truth. But the false prophets are coming along saying, it's all good. It's all going to be peaceful. It's all going to work out. Everything is going to go back to the way. It's, it's, it's going to be fine. It's just going to be fine. Listen, and then God goes on and chastises them. He says, you refuse to repent. That's what the problem is. The prophets won't tell the people to repent. They won't tell them the truth. If you repent, God will forgive and the nation will turn. But the people refuse to. And when you get to Hosea, we saw it was too late. They had gone too far. I wonder if it's too if we've gone too far for America. I wonder if we've gone too far for this whole world. But again, remember this. I'm going to take your questions. Get ready to send them here in just a second. Load up. It's going to be like 30 seconds away. Listen, in the beginning of Hosea, we saw tonight the people, verse 4 of chapter 8. What are they saying? We have kings. We have princes. God says, I didn't tell you to hire that, to vote for that guy. I didn't tell you to hire that guy. I didn't tell you to. that's the guy to, to bring into your, the, the, your political leader? That wasn't me. You guys just wanted your political leader for your purposes. You, refer, you, didn't, you wouldn't turn to me. And yet you said we were right with God because we got our political leader. Folks, the, the, the parallels to where we are today are disturbing. Um, and, I, and I'm afraid we've passed the Rubicon. Personally, I mean, I, I, mean, I can't say this for sure, but it seems to me that um, the, there, there's not hope for... Um, I don't know. This world needs Jesus. That's our only hope. I believe there's hope for the individuals to be saved. People during the tribulation are going to be saved from every tribe, nation, tongue, and people. They're going to be saved. But right now, I look at the nations and thinking, now we can see the globalism coming. It appears to me we've gone too far. And I can tell you this much just here in America, when you look at abortion, and you look at the sins that Israel's committing, listen, if God judged Israel, what on earth makes America think that we're not going to go through it or other nations? Listen, we're, we're coming down to the end and we need to be ready and we need to be right with the Lord. Let me go over here to the very end. I want to bring up this quote here. Let me get here. Is David Jeremiah opened with this? Well, read this. I'm going to go to your questions. David Jeremiah said, My study of prophecy convinces me that God intends knowledge of future events to help us occupy with a sense of urgency until the Lord returns. God intends knowledge of future events. He gives us his prophetic words so that we can connect the dots. Listen, uh, that we would occupy and be strong until he comes. Okay, I'm ready to take questions. Start sending them. Put your question, uh, put the word question, all caps. And then send me your questions. I'll have them pulled up here on the screen. If you could pull them up here on the screen, that would be great. Uh, make it a little bit bigger so I can see them. Okay, now I can see all of the questions. There we go. There we come. Uh, question, did angels weep or rejoice when Jesus went to the cross? Uh, that is a great question. I've never had that question before. Uh, but I would think as Jesus was weeping, as it were, sweating as it were, great drops of blood. Listen, it wouldn't have been anything that the angels would have rejoiced over because they knew that Jesus was being judged for our sins. Yes, <coughs> and they didn't understand salvation like we do. Um, 
certainly not before the cross. So when you look at that, you think I, I, the angels wouldn't have been rejoicing over that because of the death of God the Son. Um, so that, but I've never had that question before. Uh, I think that's uh, a good one. Comment, Tom, enjoyed your testimony with Ryan Reese. Hey, hold it there for, or go find another question if you can. But I want to say this. So I was on Ryan Reese's program just recently, and uh, he asked me to come on this program, and I, I absolutely love it. I will say yes to just about anywhere. Um, if, if I got invited to go on a program and it was full of a whole bunch of radical leftists that hate me, I would still probably go. I get to share the gospel. Or if I get to go and be on a program with a brother that's got a great ministry like Ryan Reese and he reaches a group of people, I could never reach. Uh, I mean, he reaches, he, he reaches uh, the, the people in the rock world that, that I, yeah, I just could never reach. So he invited me on there and he was going to ask me an hour a long, uh, it was going to be an hour-long interview about Bible prophecy. Well, what happened was, we started it, and it turned into my testimony. I've only shared my testimony probably two times, maybe three now in my life. Once at my church, recently I shared a portion of it, a little bit of it, I think about 10 minutes of it. Um, I, I'm sure I shared it once, at least a few minutes of it somewhere else. And then what happened was with Ryan Reese, it ended up being an hour on my testimony and uh, I probably should share it a little bit more often, a few more places. I think it might give people a lot of hope. But that was on Ryan Reese's program. You can check it out. And he invited me to go back there and uh, speak on Bible prophecy in the future. So I'm pretty excited about that uh, neat opportunity. Okay, question. Do you think, this is from Raylene Nelson, do you think Ezekiel 38 will come to pass before God comes and gets his church? Just your thoughts. My thoughts. You ready? Raylene, this is really profound. You ready? I have no idea. I mean, I shouldn't say I have no idea. I think the rapture is going to happen first. After the rapture, I put Ezekiel 38 about at the rider of the red horse. I have friends that argue with me about that, but it fits there with my mind. But hey, I understand there's all different kinds of scenarios for people have for the timing of the Ezekiel 38 war. What what most of us agree on, not all of us, is that it's a last day's event because the Bible says in the latter days when Israel's gathered back into the land again on the hills of Israel and they're dwelling in peace and safety. So we can pretty much place it in the last days, but does that mean like right now then the, and then the rapture still 10 years off? Does that mean after the rapture? Does it mean partway through the tribulation period? I time it. Uh, about at the beginning of the tribulation period, the rapture, a little bit of a gap, and then the beginning of the tribulation period, um, because I also put Ezekiel 39, the victory that's given to Israel there. As the war happens, as the battle happens against Israel, Israel also gets the victory. Weapons are burnt for seven years, and that would coincide with the seven-year tribulation period. However, I may be wrong. Dr. Andy Woods has Ezekiel 38 at the same place I do, at the rider on the red horse. But he says Ezekiel 39 is the victory at the end. I believe he places it at Armageddon. And then the weapons are burning for seven years into the millennial kingdom, which could be. But that's where I put it. Okay, let's see. Question. Just heard someone say that... Worship the Antichrist, Greek word really means submit to rather than traditional sense of worship. I, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, it doesn't mean singing. I mean, I think maybe in the church in America, we're a little bit confused on what worship means. Um, so we think of worship as just song. 
but really it's a submission to. Uh, where when we worship the Lord, we worship Him in song. We get to do that, um, but we're also uh, we've also submitted ourselves to Him. We've surrendered to Him as we've surrendered to Christ. For a believer, they'll be surrendering to Antichrist as an act of worship, bowing before Him as an act of worship. So, yeah, I would I would say that. Okay, Tracy Tomes, question: What are your thoughts on Obama and his role? <laughs> That's a great question. Um, you know, so I think he's very involved. So I probably should work that out a little bit more. Um, I have a lot of different thoughts on it. I know a lot of people send me emails on this too. Um, but anyways, I, th I think he's a lot more involved than almost anybody uh, realizes. Okay, let's see. LJ, question. The U.S. lifted sanctions on Iran. Was it nuclear sanctions or just sanctions for uh, trading weapons? Uh, as far as I know, it was nuclear sanctions, but uh, I am not 100% sure because I keep on hearing about these different things with the sanctions with Iran and uh, things being lifted. All I can tell you for certain is that we have a mess, and I have a feeling that uh, by tomorrow or Tuesday, I'm going to have a much better understanding, as many people will, on that. Okay, any more questions? Okay. Um, oh, there are more questions. Oh, there's a lot more questions. Hey, some just got passed up. Uh, wait, 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 where did they go? Okay, uh, I, I saw a whole bunch. Qua da, 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 da. You guys don't want to hear me sing, do you? I don't want to sing here. Okay, question. Do you think George W. Bush is still involved? Yeah, I, I do. Um, let's see. Let me get another question. Uh, let's scroll through these. What's your take on all the earthquakes in Israel? When I heard of number four occurring, I was led to the Bible and earthquakes on the increase. Uh, let's leave it here for a second because I see a bunch of questions on this page. That's a good place to leave it, Matt. Um, so earthquakes in Israel. Israel, listen, there's earthquakes that are happening all over the world. I think if I read right, it's North Carolina or Georgia or something like that that experienced a, in America. Uh, the Southeast experienced a whole bunch of earthquakes just recently. Um, I live in California, so we're part of the Ring of Fire. So there's all those earthquakes out here. But here's the problem with Israel is that people, when something happens in Israel, there's a lot of us, me included, are very Israel-centric when it comes to Bible prophecy because you have to be Israel-centric and Jerusalem-centric when it comes to Bible prophecy. But the problem is we can read too much into it. The great earthquakes are going to happen in Israel that the Bible talks about. They happen during the tribulation period. However, we do know that earthquakes are going to increase like um, birth pains upon a pregnant woman. So in frequency and intensity, as we get closer and closer to the second coming of Christ, those prophecies, even about the earthquakes, have their fulfillment during the tribulation period. So as we hear about more and more earthquakes happening, whether it be in Israel, and everything in Israel gets my attention as it does most of yours, or other parts of the world, it's a reminder they are increasing, just like Jesus said. Listen, I believe what's happening now, it's uh, Jesus said there will be, uh, be, be careful that no one deceives you. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. There will be wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places, but the end is not yet. These things will increase, but, and right now as we're watching everything converge at the same time, 
while Israel is a nation again, while we can see things lining up for a future Ezekiel chapter 38 war, um, these things are casting their shadow into the tribulation period. Just like this, the prophecies of Christ were fulfilled. But when you look at the Old Testament, you look at the feast days of the Old Testament, for example, the New Testament tells us that those feast days were the shadow, but the substance was Christ. So the feast days pointed to the Christ who has come in the fulfillment of the prophecies. What we are watching right now with the convergence of all these things taking place at the same time, they're casting their shadow into the tribulation because that's when they have their ultimate fulfillment up to the point when Jesus comes back and then even some of them during the millennial kingdom. Great question. Next question. Do you think Ukraine is part of Gomer? I heard it was part of southern Russia. Listen, I've heard different things on that. Uh, this is what I'm going to say. Uh, go, for anybody who's wondering, Gomer being part of Ezekiel chapter 38, very specific. In fact, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to read this because I'm going to point out something else to you that, uh, that I think is very significant. I was able to mention this. Um, uh, I was on a prophecy update somewhere the other day. I can't remember where it was, but it came up. Uh, but this is what God says. Thus says the Lord God, Ezekiel 38, verse 3, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. So Gog is the leader. Of, so the, he's this Russian leader and leader of Magog. I will turn you around and I will put hooks into your jaws. So God's going to turn around the Russian leader and I'll put hooks in your jaws and lead you out with all your army, horses, horsemen, splend all splendidly clothed, a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya are all with them, all of them with shield and helmet. Here it is, Gomer, verse 6, and all of his troops, the house of Togarma from the far north and all of its troops, many people are with you. Prepare yourself and be ready, you and all your companies that are gathered about you, and be a guard for them. Okay, so Gomer is mentioned as part of the coalition. We know that Libya is going to be in this, Iran's going to be in this, Russia's going to be in this, Turkey's going to be in this, Togarma, uh, 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 Sudan is going to be in this. And But some of them, you, you have... You have Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, which I believe are all relating to Russia. That's my belief. Gomer, uh, some people say that Gomer is there. I don't know, you know, on Gomer specifically being in that spot, but um, uh, Ukraine. But this is what I see, two very significant things. And this is what I mentioned on a prophecy update I was questioned on the other day. And I said this about seven or eight years ago, that as Russia was pushing north uh, Crimea, remember that, the whole Crimea thing, and Ukraine at that time. And I said, what's interesting, in Ezekiel 38, God says, I will put hooks in your jaws and lead you out. I will turn you around. So in other words, Russia's pushing a particular direction, and God says, no, you want to go that way, but I'm going to turn you around. So I opened up tonight with the beginning, in the beginning with the story of Turkey saying, hey, Israel, let's be partners in the gas line to Europe. And I said, this is a problem. It's not going to work out. Turkey's got exceptionally bad financial problems right now. They need gas. They need oil. They need to be able to sell that stuff. They're going, 
let's be nice to Israel, right? Interesting. Everybody wants to be nice to Israel right now. Well, not everybody, certainly not the United States. That's a problem. Um, but they're wanting to be nice to Israel because of the gas and oil with Turkey uh, and the other nations because of the problem with Iran. But fascinating. God says, I'm going to put hooks in your jaws and turn you around to the leader of Russia. Gog, I'm going to pull you around. So in other words, Russia's pushing somewhere the opposite direction of Israel. He's going to turn them around and pull them down. Very fascinating. So I don't know what's going to happen with Ukraine and Russia. Some, a, a war might not take place uh, there in Ukraine because of the way I look at that verse. However, Russia could take Ukraine and continue to want to push to Europe. And God says, I'm going to turn you around. Either way, while Russia is moving a direction is what it appears. They're moving somewhere. I'm going to put hooks in your jaws and turn you around. Pull you down into the land. Verse 7, he says, and I'm going to pull you down into the land, and there you will be a guard for them. If you look right now, what's happening in Syria? Russia. They are a guard for all these troops just north of the northern border of Israel. It is fascinating. Folks, I want to say this. We are watching all of these things develop. I don't think Ezekiel chapter 38 is going to be fulfilled like next week or something like that. Personally, there's still a few things. They've got to be dwelling in peace and safety in Israel. They're not. I have read and I've seen this laser beam technology that's going to be dispersed all around the borders of Israel. Maybe that'll bring the peace and safety. I don't know. Fascinating to watch. But I mean, it's really fascinating. God is so into the details. I'll turn you around and pull you down. So Russia's pushing somewhere, gets turned around. Verse 7, Russia's going to be a guard for them. And if you watch what Russia's doing right now in Syria, it's just off the charts. Okay, uh, let's see. Let me get to a couple more questions here. What's your take on all the earthquakes? I already did that one. When Satan is cast out of heaven, will he be bound by the gravity of the earth? I have no idea. All I know is the Bible talks about Satan's going to be chained. How God does that? I don't know. Uh, but I don't think it'll be by the gravity of the earth because Satan doesn't seem to be bound by gravity as it is right now, nor do any of the angelic beings. Um, and I think that is all I have enough time for because it's, it's, I've gone a couple of minutes over. Listen, it's been great being with you guys tonight. Thank you so much. Thanks for your super chats. Thanks for your donations. Uh, everything we do here is just by donations. We're not supported by the church anymore. And then also, oh yeah, a reminder, Minnesota, I'll be there February 10th. Thursday uh, with Jan Markell and Mark Henry. Um, and then also, if you would like and share this, that would be fantastic. I'm looking forward to picking up with this passage. Next week, we'll be in chapter 9 of Hosea. because Didn't get there this time. And uh, looking forward to going live on our website here uh, two weeks from today. We'll be live tomorrow. Don't forget, I'm with Pete Garcia. So uh, it's going to be off the charts tomorrow. We'll be live. Be taking more of your questions. Listen, in the words of J. Vernon McGee, may the Lord richly bless you, my beloved. Shalom. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.